The non-conference schedule is out for the Illini men's basketball team, but not the whole schedule. Scott Ritchie, why is this? Well, there's no good reason the Big Ten hasn't released you know, when its teams are going to play. I'm sure they know. But for now, we know the non-conference schedule, and it's okay. Lots of good games. Not so many at State Farm Center. All right, we'll discuss that more in the latest episode of Inside Atlanta Basketball next. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Welcome back to another episode of Inside Atlanta Basketball. No, I am not Jim Rosso. He is taking a vacation. I feel like he's taking more vacation this summer than ever before. And here I was of the mind that you weren't allowed to take any. So uh, He's gone again. Episode 209 of Inside Atlanta Basketball is... Uh, I'm, I'm Matt Daniels, the sports editor in the News Gazette. I should have started off first by saying I'm not Jim Ross. So this is Scott Ritchie, our beat writer, who's going to talk the majority of this podcast because I obviously don't know what I'm talking about. Um, I mean, it's it's nice that you think I do. Th- this won't turn into a roast of of Rosso, so we'll we'll be kind to our fearless leader. But it's Monday, August first. It's getting hot out here in Champaign. Scott's in full football training camp mode. He came into the office today wearing shoulder pads and a helmet. So uh, don't yeah. know how much basketball we're going to talk about today. Um, well, I've got to like I had to switch gears in my brain because I literally just came from uh, fifteen minutes of Illinois football stretching. And you know, a brief couple minutes with Brad Bielma, uh, but no, it's it's still still time for basketball. There's two, well, three more days if you count today uh, of summer workouts. But uh, while I was not in shoulder pads and helmet, I, I am wearing shorts because training camp. You, if I'm not going to be outside for two and a half hours like it used to be, uh, I'm still going to wear shorts because that's just the rule. Who are the better stretchers? Do you think football players or basketball players on the Illinois campus? I mean, I really only have. You know, insight into the football stretching because we don't ever get to see anything, you know, basketball related hardly. Um, football team, like they, they stretch in, in unison. It's like all at the same time. It's very impressive. Uh, okay, I mean, I saw like roughly three minutes of non stretching. You know, the quarterbacks, you know, threw the ball to, you know, some managers and some GAs and to themselves. Uh, it's, uh, not a lot of insight, though, from, from football, so we should probably pivot because I could talk basketball all day long, and it's never not basketball season. Are we going to do like honest. a? Are we going to do like a sigma pivot? Are we going to do like a drop step in the post pivot? Or are we just going to you know get a get a uh, get a down screen and the guard pops out to three point line, pivot, rip through, and drive to the hoop? I like the, fired up talking about those words, Scotty. I like the rip through. All right. Not that I was ever any good at it, but. <laughs> You got the rip through and then the fake. You know, you fake one way and then rip through the next one. Yeah. yeah. 
all those drills that Mike Waldo drilled into my head back <laughs> in the day are coming, coming back to me now in this podcast. Fundamental booth. basketball right yes. there. Shout out to the former Edwardsville High School legendary coach, Mike Waldo. Um, Illinois basketball. Season starts, we know, in three months and a week. November 7th is the f- uh, season opener. They finally released the non-conference schedule. I'd have to think it was because... Uh, our alma mater, Eastern Illinois, released their full schedule the day before, which included a uh, season opener against Illinois here in Champaign. So Illinois felt the pressure from the Panthers to just release their non-conference schedule. We're still waiting on the whole schedule, Scott, even though you know the season starts in three months. This yeah. is my big big pet peeve with college basketball. Why does this happen? Just release the schedule, like have like a week-long celebration in like the middle of June. Yeah, and like the Big Ten released like who everyone was playing and where but not when in terms of you know day or time see the nfl does this right the nfl has many problems obviously but they do the schedule release part right it's a two hour on a thursday night in the second third week of may where the spotlight of the sports world focuses in on who the jets are going to play in week 13 and there's interest there because they do it right. College basketball is just like, eh, we're going to release our schedule in bits and pieces throughout the summer. And Well, I don't understand why the Big Ten hasn't released like the actual schedule. Because it's not like they have to sign contracts. Like These games have to happen because they're in the same conference. You, you can't say, well, I don't like the deal with this contract, so I'm going <laughs> to skip playing Michigan State this year. And you have to. I just don't. I don't get it. Maybe like they're to gonna. Know. Maybe they're releasing it right now as we record this podcast. They, and they probably will. Yeah. Um, the Illinois volleyball schedule finally got released today. Well, they, good because they, they start the season this like month, twenty three days. <laughs> um, but you know the non conference part is solidified for Illinois, and you know the release didn't really. I don't know. Maybe excite a lot of people. The big games we already knew. Mm-hmm. Going to play in Las Vegas against UCLA and then Baylor or Virginia. Mm-hmm. Going to play Syracuse in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Going to play Texas in the Jimmy V Classic at Madison Square Garden. That's kind of exciting. Bragging rights always on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just it was all home games and all games that if I were a season ticket holder or contemplating buying season tickets, I'd be like maybe I could borrow a friend's. Yeah. It's just. And, like, I don't expect Illinois to go out and schedule, like, Arizona and Duke and Mm -hmm. Kansas and Kentucky. That needs to happen, Kansas, here in Champaign. They need to do a home-and-home before self-retires. I mean, they they do. Like, I don't expect them to schedule just all monster programs. Mm -hmm. Maybe one? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's just, it's, it's the way, you know. A lot. I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of power conference teams build their schedules, but for like all of the like good games to be on neutral sites, like it's a bummer if you're an Illinois fan. Like, mm-hmm. and you're not going to make the trip to Vegas or New York, mm-hmm. and maybe the best you can hope for is to go to St. Louis for bragging rights. Because um, I just none of the rest of the non-conference opponents to move the needle know, at all, except for obviously the season opener against EIU. I mean that. Big game. One of the more frightful moments of my college experience down in Charleston was covering games at Lance Arena, and they would play a Panther growling at just random times in basically a half-empty arena, and it would literally just like I would dart out of my seat because I'd be a little 
a little petrified of mine. It just would come at random moments. You never knew when it was happening. That's neither here nor there as we digress. Insight, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where your headspace was. Uh, all right, here's the full the full non-conference breakdown. We'll include the exhibition game uh, against Quincy. Um, Friday, October 28th, Quincy University, the Hawks, a D2 program. Yeah. Although, just to uh-huh. dart in here, one exhibition game likely means there will be the quote-unquote <gasps> secret scrimmage. Ooh, a against closed secret scrimmage that no one's supposed to talk about, but then it always leaks out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, just talk about it. Like, at this point. Ooh, we, could, we threw a talk about out there. It's, that's frowned on. In media it's circles. different context. Okay. Discuss it. <laughs> All right. Friday, October 28th, Quincy uh, comes to town. Don't know what time. TBA. have to imagine it's Friday night. Uh, Illinois football's at Nebraska that weekend, so Scott, have fun with that. No, we'll figure something out travel-wise because yeah. you can't be in two places at once. It's only eight hours to drive to from here to Lincoln, so cover yeah. basketball on Friday night and hop and in the car. Hop and, the yeah, just hop in the car right after you get done at State Farm Center so you can be there for probably the 11 a.m. kickoff in Lincoln. Well, we'll figure we'll it see. out. We'll see. Yeah. All right, so that's the, uh, ex- the lone exhibition game. Uh, season tips off for real. Uh, November 7th, that's a Monday night. Again, don't know the time. Eastern Illinois comes to Champaign. Uh, first game, I th- believe the Panthers are going to play here. And I wrote this last week. I can't remember. Uh, Henry Domerkant was 20 on years, the, the roster 20 years ago. Time, so yeah, okay. roughly two decades. Uh, then later that week, Friday, November 11th, again, don't know the time. Kansas City visits, or the school formerly known as UMKC. It just goes by Kansas City now. One of the better nicknames. Kangaroos. Kangaroos. And then the following Monday, so Monday Night Basketball is in full effect. Uh, November 14th, Monmouth arrives. Again, don't know the time for that. And that's the Monmouth that's a Division One program in New Jersey yes. and not Monmouth College from, you know, Monmouth. The Fighting Scots, I believe they are. Yeah, that's the... With Scott with one T. With one T. Okay. Are you okay with that nickname since you are a Scott? Yeah, even with two Ts. Okay. But that's, I mean, sort of named after me. I like it. <laughs> and then we get into the... The juicy part of the non-conference schedule later that week, Friday, November 18th, 8.30 p.m., out in Las Vegas, Illinois, UCLA at the T-Mobile Arena. It's part of the Continental Tire main event. Um, and then that Sunday, uh, November 20th, either 2 or 4.30, depending on how Illinois fares against the Bruins, they'll play either Baylor or Virginia to conclude their stay out in Vegas. And then they get to come back to Champaign, Probably have Thanksgiving dinner at the Underwood House, I would imagine, because they have a game the day after Thanksgiving in Champaign. November 25th, Lindenwood, uh, new to the Division One ranks. Yeah, this season. This one of season. four new Division One teams, which takes the total to, I believe, 300 and... I think it's 61. 60, yeah. Okay. The Lions... That's too many. Out of St. Charles, Missouri... Uh, they'll be here for a non-conference game on Friday, November 25th. Led by, and I can't believe he's still in college, <laughs> former St. Joseph Ogden star, News Gazette, All-Area Player of the Year, Brandon Trimble. There you go. And how is he still in college? I don't know. I don't know, but pretty cool for him to come back to his uh, near his hometown. And then the marquee non-conference home game at State Farm Center, Tuesday, November 29th. Uh, Syracuse and the Big Ten ACC Challenge. We can get into that in here in a little bit. I just want to kind of run through the rest of the schedule and we can dissect it more. Um, the following Tuesday, December 6th, uh, Texas in the Jimmy V Classic out at Madison Square Garden in New York City. Again, don't know the times yet for Syracuse and Texas. 
And then the final three non-conference games for Illinois, you'd have to imagine there's going to be a Big Ten game or two. Two Big Ten games, sandwiched one at in, home, one on the road. Sandwiched in between uh, the Texas and the next uh, home non-conference game, which is the only home non-conference game on a Saturday, and that is Alabama A&M comes to Champaign on Saturday, December 17th. Don't know the time. And then Bragging Rights is set for Thursday, December 22nd against Missouri at Enterprise Center in St. Louis. Again, don't know the time. Don't know the TV network. Hopefully it's not on SEC network alternate like it would have been a couple of years ago, and we don't have to live through that again. And then the round out the non-conference schedule, Thursday, December 29th, Bethune-Cookman comes to Champagne. Scott, what stays Bethune-Cookman in? It's in Florida. What's her nickname? They are the Wildcats. Okay, fair enough. Going back to the Syracuse game, and obviously that is the highlight uh, for the home part of the non-conference schedule. And I would use that word loosely. Highlight because you get to see a Hall of Fame coach and Jim Beheim make his first ever trip to Champaign for a game. I, which is crazy because he's literally been the coach since the mid-1970s. He's entering his 47th season in charge of the Orange. And, I mean, crazy, but last season was his first ever sub 500 season as a coach which is wild i mean he's just had nothing but success but syracuse is not maybe at its peak powers right now and again going back to that just that's kind of by because there's really no rhyme or reason i don't feel with the big 10 acc challenge about who hosts every year it's not like they alternate teams hosting because illinois hosted notre dame last year yeah so I'd, so it's just kind of two home games in a row illinois will probably be on the road Next year. So it's kind of just by happenstance that the marquee non-conference home game actually happened uh, just because of how yeah, the they, they could be works. playing. They could be in playing in Syracuse. It's not the Carrier Dome anymore, I don't think. It's something else. They've changed the name. Oh. Everyone well, still knows it as the Carrier Dome, though. I did, had no idea it wasn't yeah, let me, technically the Carrier Dome. Uh, I'll get our, uh, our production assistance in on the research part of this. And by production assistance, I mean I'll talk while I search on my phone yeah. for the Carrier Dome name. So you can talk now about the, the non-conference schedule as a whole. It's... Eh. It's well, got I mean, the, like, as, you, like we mentioned as the, a whole, like to- the totality of it is pretty good, just because of the the top tier games. I mean, you get a UCLA team that was in the Final Four a couple of years ago, then a national champion, regardless, you know, of a recent national champion, regardless of how that mm-hmm. UCLA game goes. Baylor, the twenty twenty one national champion, and Virginia, the twenty nineteen national champion, and then. I mean, Syracuse is a proud program on hard times. Unfortunately for Jim Beheim, he's run out of sons to put on the court. Carrier Dome is now known as the JMA Wireless Dome. So it's the Carrier Dome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just like uh, State Farm Center's Assembly Hall to a lot of people. So. To a lot of people. I have to, you know, I think professionally you'll call it by its right name. Um, Texas, another team. That's just really strong. Mm-hmm. So the games at the top, like, it balances out the lackluster rest of the Well, thing. and this, too, is also just a byproduct of having a 20-game Big Ten schedule. I mean, th- let's face it, that's why the non-conference schedule is, and you see this every year, it's not just, you know, this season in a, in a silo at all. This happens every season where you've got, Low major teams that, that come to Champaign this year, you know, it's Alabama A&M, Bethune-Cookman, 
can put throw EIU in that category as well since they went five and twenty six last season. You have to put them in the low major. Yeah, category. exactly. But I mean, so but like last year, you got the Arizona game mm-hmm. as the return from the two seasons prior, mm-hmm. and one of the best atmospheres and games of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it was an Illinois loss, but still. That's a solid you can do for your fan base. That showed up. I mean, ton of sellouts last year. Um, even I'm fairly certain they sold out the exhibition against St. Francis, who's an NAIA program. So I, the fans are going to show up regardless because you know there's interest again in Illinois basketball because Illinois basketball is good. There has been for the last three years, but that home slate is just, it's just missing a little something. Mm-hmm. Well, here are the. The the teams that will visit Champaign, the Big Ten teams that will visit, like we said, they have not released the, the full Big Ten schedule yet as we are recording this, but the, the ten teams that will make their way to, to Champaign this year in the Big Ten are Indiana, Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, Ohio State, Penn State, Rutgers, and Wisconsin. Yeah, so in the first two months of the season, there will be a, a Big Ten home game. Mm-hmm. So maybe it will be like... You know, Indiana. That'd be a, that'd be that'd fun. Be fun. I'd be on board with that. All right. So schedules out or non-conference schedules out. I sh- excuse me, not the full schedule because it's really hard to release the schedule. I bet you they know it. Build up some, you know, anticipation planning, and you know, folks like to figure out what they're doing with their money and yeah. But also, like, I don't know if like Big Ten realizes like football has sort of. Taking the spotlight right now. Mm-hmm. You probably should have released your schedule before everyone turned their focus to a different training sport. camp. Yeah, starting quarterback battles, third string left tackle position battles that are playing themselves out at college football training camps all across the country. What yes. else? What else do we need to know about Brad Underwood's program? Not everyone on the roster is on campus yet. Still waiting on one, correct? Yeah, uh, Zachary Perrin, the incoming freshman from France is in Turkey right now, um, playing in the FIBA U18 European Championships. Um, But other than that, Matthew Meyer was the last to arrive earlier in, I guess, about a month ago, early in July. But soon, as as soon as Wednesday's final practice is complete, uh, players are going to scatter because they get, you know, roughly two weeks or Mm so to get away, go home before the, the next school year starts. Um, but I guess from those workouts, I think the biggest news recently is Sky Clark got a full clearance because okay. he had been sort of you know, working you know to that, you know, tore his ACL uh, about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, rehabbed, recovered enough to play in January at my. At, yeah, Montverde Academy. I had, had to think of which prep school he was at for a second. Um, then he broke his hand, so that sort of made a a wash of his senior year. But you know, got to campus in May, and it was just you know work a lot of work with Adam Fletcher just to get to the point where you know he was back, and you know he's at that point because he's just been sort of a partial participant you mm-hmm. know, in the workouts, doing a lot of stuff, but maybe not. You know everything, and you know, early they were keeping him out of any you know, live, you know, five on five. Uh, but I mean, it's good news that he got you know his clearance because Scott Clark is really the only point guard 
on the Illinois roster. And I know Jaden Epps will probably you know, play some there. but Ty Rogers. A th- little point forward action. Luke, um, Luke Goody. R.J. Melendez. I mean, maybe. Throw it, some Dane Danger out there and just make it dangerous. It depends on how much Brad Underwood wants to you know, fully pivot to what the NBA has mm-hmm. become. It's where you just put the ball in your playmaker's hands regardless of what pos- quote-unquote position they play and you know, let them make plays. But college basketball always sort of lags behind the NBA you know, and changes to the game like that. So Scott Clark's important. You know, Jay Naps will play the point, but... He, I mean, he's like a, a score points guard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> New position. Yeah. Uh, so, because I mean, he's just not, he's not like a pure point guard. Mm-hmm. And like Sky Clark, I mean, he can, you know, create for himself as well. But if he was still sort of in limbo, you know, at the end of summer workouts, that, that just creates a, a bigger question, you know, heading into the season. But he's cleared, all good to go, sounds like. So, that's a good sign as things wrap up. And then you know, when everybody comes back, they get a little bit of time to settle into the new school year. Um, then they'll be back to, you know, eight hours you know, every week. You know, just sp- split however you know, the staff wants between the time in the weight room with Fletch mm-hmm. and then you know, on the court with the coaches. And then end of September, um, they don't have the exact date yet, but then... The 20 hours a week kicks in, and it's full go to the season. And that's where they'll incorporate uh, Zachary Prane, who, like I mentioned, is in Turkey. Mm-hmm. And you're playing well for France. I mean, these early pool play games at the European Championships, you know, France has not, let's say, been challenged okay. uh, at all. Uh, beat Great Britain by um, roughly 50, beat North Macedon. Macedonia? Or is it North Macedon? North Macedonia. Okay. It's Geography lesson here on Inside. It's a, well, it's school. a relatively new country. Yeah. In the former Yugoslavia Republic. That was impressive that you yeah. <laughs> knew that off the top of your head. Um, beat them by about 60. Oh, but okay. uh, Prane is starting for Team France. Okay. He's one of the younger you know, guys on that roster because he hasn't turned 18 until this month. Okay. Um, but... Had a double double in the first game, super efficient, and because they're blowouts, like mm-hmm. they're just, you know, the starters aren't necessarily you know playing. So what you're telling me is don't read into, don't read too heavily into the box scores or yeah. I mean, even in a, you know, everybody's gonna play. Let's split the minutes. You know, he had ten points, ten rebounds, three assists against Great Britain. Ten points, five rebounds. I think. Two or three blocks against uh, North Macedonia. Um, another name to watch, though, in Turkey is class of 2023 guard Nicolo Moretti as the starting point guard for Italy. Um, he had a solid first game, struggled more in his second. Um, let's see, against Lithuania. Mm-hmm. Lithuania always has. Yeah. You know, good. Yeah, whatever age group you know, they've got a, a good national team. Um, Nikola Moretti not shooting the ball particularly well in Turkey so far. I mean, just started the today is the third day of competition. Although, like Turkey's, I think roughly like eleven hours, ten or eleven hours ahead. So I think the games might be almost be done. You at would this think point. so. Yeah, um, but just a, a name to watch. And the class of 2023, where Illinois' recruiting efforts are 
through you know commitments elsewhere mm-hmm. kind of narrowed the choices um it's Amani Hansberry you know the 68 you know forward out of you know, the Baltimore area and maybe Nicolo Moretti and that might be it because you look at guys that have committed recently um even though the Illinois pursuit you know kind of slowed down he did have an offer you know Ty Pence from mm-hmm. St. Joe Ogden commit to Illinois State um some bigger names that have committed you know Xavier Booker mm-hmm. who just had a huge rise you know this spring and summer into five star top 5 player status could challenge for the top spot in the class committed to Michigan State so Illinois will still get to see him maybe twice a year mm-hmm. for maybe just a season mm-hmm. um and then uh Omaha Baloo mm-hmm. pretty sure I did not pronounce that right my apologies five star forward um out of Des Moines plays at Link Academy in Missouri and committed to Iowa State so just this 2023 class is never going to be huge yeah. because they signed five freshmen mm-hmm. you know, this year, and I can imagine if it's not Amani Hansberry or Nico Moretti that I mean, someone could pop out of the woodwork. You never know, but it could be a let's just fill with transfers oh, yeah. next spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that seems to be the way that that is trending for sure. Some recruiting news in the class of 2024 last week, though, uh, involving the Clark family. Uh, ZZ Clark, the younger brother of Sky Clark, um, is taking a circuitous route. I don't know. I butchered. Circuitous. There you go. Thank you. This is why Scott is here. He's the smarter of the two of us on this podcast. Um, He is going to play this upcoming season for Overtime Elite based in Atlanta, and I know I wrote the story in last week's paper, and I still don't fully understand exactly what all this entails. But well, it's, it's fair a, because it's unclear. It's a new uh, league that just developed. Started last year. Started last year based in Atlanta. They've got three teams in the OTA, OTE family. Uh, you've got names like Kevin Ollie, former UConn coach, Dave Lado, two-time former DePaul coach and Virginia coach. <laughs> Uh, Ryan Gomes, former Providence player back in the day, and played uh, in the NBA for some uh, about eight or nine seasons. He's coaching a team that's involved in this as well, and uh, Scotty just kind of fill in the blanks on what this means for ZZ Clark, his potential future with the Illini, and I don't really think many people might have seen this coming. Uh, I mean, no, but you know his path from freshman year of high school to eventually to college no more secure circuitous uh, now i can't even <laughs> say it it's in my head it's like one of those words that loses all its meaning the more you say it um you can spell it but you can't say yeah it. no different than his brothers who mm-hmm. i mean he went z sky clark went to what five five high schools five schools which is not even a record uh dior johnson who i think he's in the class of 2022 i think he eventually settled at Pitt, committed to several other places but um at one point or another, what was that 10 different high schools? That's a lot. Yeah. never. I mean, didn't play for most of them <laughs> as he just sort of bounced around. But anyway, ZZ, um, it's a, it's a, a complex kind of situation with Overtime Elite because last year when it started, mm-hmm. you know, the players that chose Overtime Elite, um, at that point, they all took a salary mm-hmm. and said no thank you to any college eligibility mm-hmm. because when it started that was before name image and likeness mm-hmm. had 
we have become legal across the country. And it was, I don't think they put anybody, had anybody in the draft this year. Because it was mostly guys with like, they were about two years out mm-hmm. from draft eligibility. Like looking ahead to next year's draft, they could have two top five players from overtime elite in uh, the Thompson twins, mm-hmm. Amen and Ozer. But ZZ Clark not taking a salary. There's some, it's new this year, it's uh, some scholarship program. I guess, I mean, I don't, I guess it's no different than if you would have gone to Montverde or IMG, mm-hmm. some other prep school, um, except. It's not organized as a school. There is, you know, mm-hmm. educational process that goes with it because these are teenagers. You just can't like. I think part of it was, the deal was you're going to get some tutors and mm-hmm. you'll still make progress towards yeah. a, a degree of some sort. But they've had. I mean, last week they kind of rolled out like two new additions mm-hmm. a day for the whole week. You know, guys that are taking you know, the scholarship option to go play it. Go train at overtime elite play, you know, with those teams, um, in sort of a more of a professional setting. I mean, basketball is the focus, mm-hmm. and then school maybe, maybe you hope. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Jeremy Fears, the Joliet native, been playing at La Lumiere the last couple of years. He's, he's one of their um, scholarship players. I going to Michigan today. Yeah. Not sure. Again, I'm not sure how the whole scholarship thing works, but whatever they've sort of concocted, mm-hmm. if you take this route, don't take a salary. You can maintain your college eligibility, but also take advantage of any name, image, and likeness opportunities that you know come up. That either overtime elite sort of puts together, or that they get on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, basketball is different. Final final question as we wrap up this podcast to you. Do you think this is good or bad for the long-term health of college basketball? I think college basketball would be fine. Okay. Because, I mean, Overtime Elite has three teams, I think. I'm trying to think of, like, our rosters last year. It's not like it was, like, 50 guys. And even if it was, mm-hmm. so many basketball players. Mm-hmm. Now, and you've got guys that are going to take this route you know, in high school that still wind up in college, I think, you know, a year ago, you know, they picked off yeah, the Thompson Twins and the, the Bewley Twins out of Florida, Matthew and Ryan, who Illinois had offered both mm-hmm. of them, but they chose overtime elite. Um, but they weren't going to college. Like, they were going to you know, collect their $100,000 and, mm-hmm. you know, hope for the best in a couple of years that they'd be, you know, drafted. Um, if that would have been the only option and they – Overtime Elite, G League Ignite keeps picking off the top talent. It would have a small effect on college basketball, but I think college basketball fans, especially and especially now, like you almost have to be this way, is you're more a fan of the school, the program, and not necessarily of individual players. Mm-hmm. Just because of you know, the way the rosters turn over, and like that's only going to increase at this point because the NCAA is going to allow free agency because you can transfer whenever. Well, not whenever. There's going to be certain windows, but you can transfer without penalty mm-hmm. as many times as you want. So I'm waiting for the the player that plays at four different schools in four years. Getting close. 
Jalen Coleman Lance almost <laughs> pulled it off. He had, he had a three and three at the end of his college career, which ended in a national title. So he go. obviously worked the system to perfection. Um, but college basketball will be fine. Okay. I'd be more concerned with like how college football is going to screw it up for everybody else. Because <laughs> all these changes that are coming uh, to college athletics uh, are football driven. That's uh, that's a topic for another podcast, uh, another week. Well, we're going to wrap up this week's episode of Inside Atlanta Basketball. Scott, thanks as always for your insight. Now go cover some Illinois football this afternoon. Yeah, I've said my brain has to switch gears again. <laughs> Have a good week, everyone.